0: So Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Escape from the Burnout Society. Our guest today is Saskia De Winter. She is the CEO of Saskia De Winter Training. Her company has more than 20 years of experience in human development for individuals and companies, uh, experience in training and sales, high-stakes negotiations, and more than 20,000 people have been trained by Saskia. And um, she has been certified for uh, in different countries to give training uh, like Mexico, the US, UK, uh, Israel, Scotland. Uh, well, that's about it. She has worked for many big companies, really the giants of the industry, like Coca-Cola, YouTube, Google, Vitorinox, Motorola, Ericsson, Abbott, Merck, and some others. Saskia, I'm very happy to have you here and um, really it's it's really a um an honor to have you this time with us i know you are a very very um busy person so welcome welcome <laughs>
1: gabby so thank you very much for uh this privilege uh of working with you and uh to hopefully support people with information and everything that we can uh, deliver and uh this is an amazing opportunity to uh to uh, contribute and to share information, valuable information for people. So again, thank you, thank you very much. I am currently in Mexico, you're in Holland, and this is an amazing opportunity to really do something different. Thank you again. Yeah.
0: Well, it it is one of the advantages of, uh, you know, this technology that now we can do these interviews, uh, even though we are so apart from each other. But hopefully this is going to be, uh, to change in the, the future and we will see again each other. Um, um, uh, As you know, this podcast was born with the idea of helping uh, especially women, uh, actually everyone, but especially women with uh, burnout symptoms. Um, As you also know, I was also uh, having these problems two years ago. And uh, when I was really uh, very tired and lying in bed, I thought, oh, I really need someone like maybe Saskia <laughs> talking to me <laughs> and telling me what to do and what not to do. And uh, well, there's a lot of expertise you, 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 you've got. And uh, But I would really like to begin with a little bit more personal things. So people will know a little bit more about you and your company. And uh, so I think my first question will be about, um, well, how did you come to this idea to create Saskia, the winter
1: training, when when it happens, how it. Well, happens. thank you. This this happened a while ago. This happened 20 years ago. This is actually this would have been our 20th anniversary, but uh, coronavirus did it did its thing so that so that we were not really celebrating uh, just via Zoom or maybe Skype. Uh, but really, it has been 20 years, and how did uh, this all happen? Well. Particularly in Mexico, what I can say is that um, I was very concerned about the, the wellness and the psychological consciousness of employees and, or, and of people in general. Uh, meaning that there, there was an opportunity for me to uh, jump into that area, into that field. Um, when we talk about 20 years ago, uh we're talking that people didn't even know that there was such a thing as coaching Uh, no such a thing existed now everybody can be a coach and there are coaches even under the rocks uh but what i'm saying here is like long long time ago you know talking about the well-being of people in companies was uh, something nonsense it was not really something that people spoke about so i decided uh to start uh studying uh, because originally I was, uh, I, I started physics engineering. I come from the engineering world and also for around 15 years. Uh, this is amazing, for 15 years I used to work in the in the animation and special effects world. I used to work for a Canadian company that developed a software that did Toy Story and Jurassic Park and all these famous uh, movies. So my area of expertise was anything related to special effects, animation, computer graphics. And in fact, I also did a, uh, I started a PhD in, in, in applied mathematics at the University of Bremen in Germany, studying fractal geometry. So this was all about graphics, all about colors, all about rendering, all about mathematics, all about uh all about presenting uh, incredible uh, feature films to people and and to work in that area. But then, but then really what happened is that I was sick of computers. I was uh, not to the point of the burnout, but I had to work 724 in front of a computer, checking out the renderings, working out really hard in front of the computers. And then it came to a point in which I said, you know what? I need to stop. I need to stop looking at screens. Uh, I need to stop looking at computers and I need to be around people because it was way too much. So, um, in fact, at some point I I also uh, had my own, I, I founded the first animation school in Mexico Many, many, many years ago, and I was also in that, in that area and teaching students and bringing people from Pixar and from Disney to teach in my school. It was a, a huge, a huge uh, uh, project, and it was, it was very successful. But then, as I said, it came to a point in which I said, you know what, I need to stop. So I sold that company. I, you know, I sold everything. I said goodbye to my partner. And I just put a backpack on and I traveled uh, Asia. I went to travel to Asia and I was looking deep in my heart what I wanted to do. And that's when I realized that I wanted to found, you know, to do the foundation of uh, Saskia Winter Training and to start teaching people about human development, about emotions. And I, of course, I studied um, gestalt psychotherapy. I'm a humanist and gestalt psychotherapist. And I do, you know, uh, uh, PNL programming, not neurolinguistic programming, coaching, and I do systemic uh, coaching, and I do all sorts of life coaching, all sorts of coaching. And now that has become a 20-year experience or a 20-year trip. And yeah, we're a whole we're a whole team in Mexico, and we have been delivering these trainings in in Mexico, in Latin America, and in Spain. But we have, we have also done some things in the United States. So that's the story of the company a little bit.
0: So you were just uh, tired of computers. I know that. I know
1: that story. You know, I
0: was a graphic designer, and I also stopped doing graphic design because I got fed up with computers. And yeah, so I understand really what you mean. Um, and tell me, Saskia, so you've got this very big company, and you have been training so many people around the world. Um, I can imagine it's pretty pretty busy and pretty hard, uh, just like now also with the COVID and all this stuff, you have to uh, in, you know, improve many things and, and change the way things are done and putting everything online and giving you have, uh, more than 50 hours of content at this moment online. I've seen it. Um, just tell me, how do you
1: deal with your own stress? Talk about it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love that question. Yes, absolutely. Uh, particularly, I can say something that it's, it's probably different uh, in Mexico than in, in Holland. For sure, I've been many times to Holland. My father is Dutch. That's, that's why that's my name. You know, it's, pretty, it's, it's a pretty Dutch name, I think. Uh, but Holland has nature. You know, Holland has trees, has grass, has lakes, has, has uh, amazing, has Kirkenhof. So it has, of course, uh, the Dutch people and the Dutch children live with nature, even in Amsterdam. Um, You know, you can go to Vondelpark and it's beautiful. And here in Mexico, of course, we have nature in, in incredible places and amazing places, but it's also very polluted and it's also very hard uh, so what it what you know considering the differences between you know like we're a uh, third world country Holland is first world country, and the resources are managed differently in mexico there's corruption, and there's all sorts of things that i'm I'm not complaining I'm just talking about the facts and your question about how do I handle stress that's a really beautiful question because from uh, from a human development point of view, every time we have an unbalance uh, in our body, really our body is talking to us. Every time I get upset, every time I get sad, every time I get frustrated or even stressed, it is because our body is talking to us that there is something wrong, that is there is something out of balance. So when you're talking to me, how do I handle stress? Well, there are, there are a few things that I do as, a, as, a, as an owner, as a CEO of my company. Uh, first of all, very important, of course, I, I exercise uh, at least uh, four times a week. Uh, I exercise between one hour and an hour and a half. Sometimes if I don't have time, I only exercise but in a very powerful way for half hour. I also do meditation. It is key to do meditation, and we've, you know, the world is talking about the well-being, about doing exercise and doing meditation. It's really important. I have also diminished the amount of meat that I uh, that I eat, that I consume. Uh, I am eating much more uh, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, and also it's about the mindset. The main key is the mindset. So one of the things that I teach and I, that, that I, that I uh, uh, share with people is that this is very important. No matter what we do, uh, life will set us in certain circumstances. And even I am going to show it with a glass of water that I am showing here, you know, on the video. But if you're only listening to the podcast, just imagine that you have in front, that you have in front of you a glass of water, but it's half full. It's half full so this glass of water it's either you know the the interpretation of the glass of water it is that it is half full or half empty that is something that is well heard you know circumstances we talk about a half full glass of water or a half empty glass of water and the problem in life is not the circumstance it's not that i have half conditions half amount of water half emptiness it's about the fact Uh, about how I go through the interpretation of what I want to do with a glass of water. Do I want to fill it up? Do I want to give the water to the plants? Do I want to drink it? Do I want to change the flavor? So basically what I'm saying here is how to handle stress. Either I handle the circumstances or the circumstances handle me. Either I manage the circumstances or the circumstances manage me. And this is really powerful because you can put any subject. Either I managed my money or my money manages me. Either I handle my time or my time will do with me whatever the time wants with me. So in that sense, either I handle the stress or the stress handles me because I am fully responsible of my reactions. What is responsibility? Responsibility is my ability to respond. So it's not something that I choose. Uh, I can choose the response, but I am always able to respond. So if I talk or if I want to dive into how do I handle the stress, basically I become responsible. I understand that it's my interpretation, I take action, I ask people, I respond. To stress and I look for different solutions but I don't let the stress to manage me to manage that's how I do it
0: okay yeah well and um, so let's see when you have discovered that something giving you stress you know and you reframe it and you see well this is the way I can handle this um, then what else do you do to um, to get rid of your stress so, okay, you reframed it and you already uh, maybe changed the same circumstances. But is there something else? Uh, let's say someone who's having much stress at this moment. Uh, something that it's maybe even easier than going very deep in your mind. Something like one, two, three,
1: it's done. Well, maybe three things. Very simple things. Breathe. Please take deep breaths breathe what happens physically what happens is that basically there's more oxygen in your brain so that you can th- think differently go deeply in your breathings so very simple you know take a deep breath and and just you know slow down that's one way to handle it a second way to really quickly quickly handle it is if you can and that depends on your uh, physical condition just uh Try to do some physical exercise. Maybe start hopping, or maybe do some uh, uh, some push-ups, or maybe just right away. Just I understand that you have to, you know, warm your body and this and that. But you know, the the more often you do you do push-ups or you start to you know energize yourself, you know, just like by your thought you can jump a little bit. Then then that puts your attention from the stress to another thing. And the third thing that I would recommend the people or your audience is that at the end of the day, uh, all the circumstances are neutral. All the events in our life are neutral. So this is a beautiful saying that it's, uh, this is an idea that it's delivered in the Gestalt therapy. So life gives you a chocolate donut, right? Life gives you a very beautiful present and this beautiful present is a chocolate donut. Okay, and suddenly you receive the chocolate donut, and the question is: Are you gonna focus on the whole of the donut? Are you gonna focus on the chocolates of the donuts? Are you gonna are you gonna focus on the calories of the of the donut? Are you gonna focus on the flavor of the donut? What is your focus? And whatever you focus on, what I say is that that grows. So if you're going to complain that the chocolate donut has a big hole or that you don't like the type of chocolate or that it's not light chocolate or that you're missing the whipped cream, you know, the as you say in Dutch, you know, it's like, you know, come on. Life is giving you certain circumstances. So that's how people really go get over stress. That's how people get over their circumstances. It's basically to understand that it's in your mindset that nobody hurts you you decide to be hurt nobody insults you you decide to become insulted nobody offends you you decide to become offended so that minor detail can bring a different interpretation of life
0: it's uh, very powerful really very powerful how you can reframe all things and at the end of the day uh you just have to look back and say, "Am I going to watch and complain because of the whole of the donut, or am I going to be very happy to have a donut to eat?" Huh? Yeah, it's true. It's a really very very powerful. And uh, Saskia, just tell me. I mean, I can imagine there are some ups and downs in your company. And uh, oh yeah,
1: oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> all the time, uh, the good times, the bad times. Um, but tell me, is there a, have been a pivotal moment in your life that you think like, well, now I have to reframe everything again and put, you know, it has just brought me to another level of thinking. Can you tell us about it?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, of course, uh, when I lost a really important job, uh, when my mom, when my when my mom passed away, uh there was a point in my life in which I had no money whatsoever I had no pennies I really had a hard time with money so in difficult circumstances when you're under difficult circumstances or when you have a lot of stress one of the things that I do is I go back to me I I go back to to see me to feel me to see you know, one basic thing, um, my mom passed away last January and one basic thing that I do is, uh, and I also uh, finished with my lover, uh, you know, some months ago. So in the, in the, at the same time, I had two mornings, you know, the loss of my lover uh, because of my own decision and the loss of my mother, mother because she passed away. And one of the things that I decided to do is to look at me again. What is it that I like? what including like the type of flavor that ice cream that I like, what is it that I really like? So I, I really took the time to talk to myself, to, f- to let my senses flow. And if I wanted to cry, I just let myself cry. And if I was upset, I really, you know, I really pushed or, or I really kicked uh, one of my pillows in my bed, but I, I let my senses and my emotions flow. I listened to my senses and to my emotions, and I really started to look at myself again, to reframe myself, to reconfigure again myself. And one, of course, one of the things that psycho, that Gestalt Psychotherapy says, which is really profound, is that every time we're sad is because we have a loss. And every time we lose something, we become sad instead of angry, because sadness, uh, puts us into a point in which we have to, you know, like physically what we do when we're sad, you know, we put down our heads, we come like, a, you know, we try to hug ourselves, we put ourselves into bed and we're maybe in a, in a fatal, fatal position. And that's because we need to reflect on what or, or think about what we're going to do because we have that loss, we have emptiness. And this is different when we are angry, why, what's the message beca- behind anger? The message behind, behind anger is that someone or something was uh, off the limits, was not respecting us. You know, someone arrives late and I become angry because I don't feel respected and they took advantage of my time or they were playing with my time. So the reason why people get angry is because there is a lack of respect. And what I need to do is put limits, set limits. Once I understand the difference between why I get sad or why I get angry, I can understand that one is for thinking and reflection and taking care of myself. And the other one is to talk to other people and to put limits, to set limits around. So I was very sad. And what I needed to do is to reflect about my life. And that's what happened. And to go deep in yourself. Well, that's... uh... Yeah, I think
0: that's uh, what many people have to deal with when they lose someone. Uh, you lose. I mean, of course, when you lose a job, you also have to do it. But when you lose someone, you really have to go much deeper in yourself and just reinvent yourself. I think exactly. that's uh, that's um, that's uh, that's a fact. And um, well, and and now uh, a little bit fast forward, uh, Saskia, um, you've been working with big companies. Huh? I mean. When yeah. I got my burnout, I was working for a very big company. And I was not really very supported by my team. I guess people who was working around me, they didn't understand what was happening to me. And um, I, I was also not understanding what was happening to myself. I mean, I was as lost as you can imagine. But I was surprised that a, such a big company didn't have the professionalism to recognize and to help and support. So uh, this is a question from the bottom of my heart. What do you have to tell companies to yeah, overcome and maybe prevent people from having a burnout?
1: You're really talking about something critical. Uh, let me share something, let me share some thoughts, which uh, I, hope, uh, I hope this is uh, contributed to, to people and really helpful for people. The world is changing and we all know that there's a new normality and that the coronavirus really is changing the way we live our lives and the world is changing their patterns and the way we even uh, want to do sales and, uh, and, you know, business and stuff. But one of the things that is really changing around the world, and we all know that uh, artificial intelligence is conquering the way we do business and machine learning and deep learning and, and everything into that, like everything is transforming. And one of the things that is really, really necessary, it, we know the concepts of B2B, B2C, you know, business to business, business to consumer. Uh, now there, there are two new concepts that are developing uh which is D2C, which is distribution to consumer, which is what Amazon is doing. Distribution is just basically platforms, like maybe Uber or maybe Amazon or, well, Airbnb is having a hard time, but, but Amazon is, is distribution to consumer and that's what it's called D2C. And now there's a new concept and this new concept is called H2H. What is H2H? Human to human human to human. And what does that mean is that we cannot forget that the only way that the that humanity can survive is that we can connect with each each other just like what you're doing right here with this podcast because maybe there's a woman out there maybe there's a man out there that is very that is uh, you know close to becoming a burnout person and they don't even notice and they don't know this because there is a lack of connection with other people we have to connect from our hearts from our love from our mindsets from the way we're looking at life and one of the things that I want to tell people is how do you really prevent burnout what how do you know that you're in the verge of becoming sick well you have to listen to your body you have to listen when you have headaches. You have to listen when you're tired. And when you're tired, you have to rest. You have to sleep. And maybe half hour of meditation is uh, the equivalent of, of maybe two or three hours of sleeping. Meditation is key. So what is it that happens? Like, how does it work? When I am sad, you know, when, when sadness increases, what happens is that sadness can be rapidly connected to anxiety. Anxiety is also very connected to stress. And when anxiety is really becoming tougher and tougher and it's becoming larger and larger in my body, then it can become to depression. So one of the things that I can tell people is start to understand if, what is the basis of anxiety? Anxiety, the definition of anxiety somehow is that I I have a tremendous need to control the future. People get anxious because they want to control the future, and there's something that we need to start to accept: uncertainty. We need to live with uncertainty. We need to understand that we cannot control things, and we need to start to accepting, you know, to start accepting that we cannot control everything in our lives. When we start, when what's depression? Depression is to keep on. Thinking about the past, thinking about things that I cannot change in the past, thinking about how my life would would have been different and we get into depression and anxiety. And these both can be, you know, the fundamentals of burnout. And basically burnout is that I don't listen to my body. How to prevent burnout? How do I know that I might be in the verge of burning out or really strong stress? I need to stop and listen to my body. If there is anything aching, I need to do medical tests. My sugar is okay. My, uh, my levels of the thyroid are okay. What is it that I need to, to do? Listen to my body.
0: And you, need, um, and you think uh, big companies um, are working on it, you know, how to identify and to help and to treat. And especially this, this about anxiety, it really relates also to me, you know? Um, because it's, it's, a, it's a little bit like cultural. It's like a culture of big, many big companies that anxiety is like normal.
1: It's sure, just... it's, it's terrible. It's terrible, Gabi. What you're saying it's terrible. I've been working with huge corporations in Mexico, transnational companies, and I've been doing that in Mexico, in Uruguay, in Colombia, in Venezuela, in many, many countries, also in the United States. And what's the main issue? The main issue is that there are goals to meet, you know, all the departments, all the units have you know sales goals, marketing goals, uh, distribution goals, logistics goals, and whenever you don't fit in the culture of the company, it's basically because you're meeting you're not meeting the goals. And I've been working with uh, with with health companies, like really large companies, telecommunication companies, and it's all about achieving the goals that a general manager has decided because they're trying to crush the competition and when we're mainly talking even in human resources some of the companies what they do is for example they do uh soccer tournaments or they have parties or they celebrate birthdays uh, or they try to uh try to deliver uh emotional emotional intelligence courses but what i really push is to really have the opportunity to have human development uh, courses so that people understand why they get angry, how to prevent anxiety, how to prevent depression. People, you know, one of the things that people don't talk about, and it's amazing how people, or very few people talk about this, that there were people around the world without a lover, without a partner, which was my case. And we were living alone and we went through the lockdown and through pandemic alone. So okay, I have a network of people, I have tools, I have sources to to handle this, but there were people who really get into got into depression because they were living alone. And companies have to look into that. What do companies have to do? They have to start take, taking good care of people. Taking care of anxiety, taking care of, of giving people the possibility of vacations, of spending time with their children—if it's 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 really a difficult uh, decision for general managers, because this means less income maybe or less work. But then there's a balance, and that's why so many people want to have their own company, because they want to play with their own rules. And you know, to have your own company is also very stressful. <laughs> you have to have a good team. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 I, I know, I know. I mean, I've been uh, <laughs> close to you and I've seen you uh, in very stressful moments. And um, because what you're saying right now about um, what really costs, uh, the cost of burnout is really very high. Um, yeah. Not only for the person who has burnout, but also for the company. Uh, it, it's outrageous. I mean, uh, I live in Holland and if I mean, if I would see how many euros were spent in my case, I mean, I would say like, gosh, I, I, I would have preferred to have, maybe have a race, <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead of spending that money being sick, you know, it, it's uh, it's really ridiculous. So, um, so tell me a little bit more going now uh, into the psychology of, of stress and, and burnout uh what are your thoughts about it go uh, because you're a psychologist so tell me how how you think it uh, everything starts and how uh well maybe some advice for women how to prevent it
1: sure there are, there are a couple of things that can help also you know some more tips that uh, that could help um understand stress and, and uh, burnout and all the, all the uh, related sicknesses in regards to this. So, for example, there's another thing that, uh, of course, is called uh, neurosis. Like people, people were so stressed and we, we live under neurosis. And what's the definition? What's the gestalt definition of neurosis? It's a struggle between what I have to do and what I want to do. Okay, That's the definition of neurosis. I have to clean the dishes. I have to get early. I have to, uh, I don't know, take care of my husband. I have to uh, talk to my accountant. I have to. This idea of I have to, I must, I should, this this puts a weight on our backs. And there's always a struggle between what I have to do, you know, or sometimes there's a struggle between what I have to do and what I want to do to do. So one of my suggestions to your audience and to the public that is listening to this, podcast, to this podcast is to really understand what is it that you want to do in life? What do you want? And try to really, really improve and increase the amount of time that you, you know, all this, the time that you spend doing things that you really want instead of doing things that you have to do. That's a really big difference. So, for example, I know that I love my work. I'm in love with my company. I'm in love with my team. I'm in love with whatever we do because we really support people. So that's something that I love to do. And I wake up every morning wanting to do my job, wanting to do my work because I love it. I'm in passion with that. So that's one of the uh, one of the uh, suggestions here, one of the advices. Also, uh, understand Uh, How do you talk to yourself when you're alone, when you're in the shower, when you're just right before you go to sleep, when you're in those moments when you're alone? How do you talk to yourself? Do you support yourself? Do Do you cheer yourself? Or do you criticize yourself? Do you judge yourself? For example, you know, there's a typical example that, for example, you know, you're in a, in a very nice dinner and suddenly you move your, your hand and you, you push the glass of water and the glass of water, you know, it all spills on the, on the table and somebody really gets wet because you spilled that glass of water. Do you criticize yourself or, or are you compassionate with yourself? So, so most of the times when people are very perfectionist, when people are overwhelming with the amount of the level of, 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 uh, of uh, expertise that they're asking of themselves, that can bring a lot of stress. So I'm, I'm not saying that you cannot raise your standards. Of course, raise your standards, but be compassionate with yourself. Just talk to your body. And, um, and also, uh, look about what I'm saying here is like, look about this thing about, uh, you know, uh, forgetting that you have to also reward yourself whenever you accomplish something, you know, reward yourself. Maybe you want to eat an ice cream or, or, uh, you know, have a nice beer or have a nice dinner or, you know, whenever you accomplish something, it's also really key to, to give you a, a present, to give you a reward, to celebrate it. We forget to celebrate our accomplishments, our achievements. So that would be also, you know, another another suggestion for people.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful. Really very good advice. I know, I know, I know. I also want to share some, something um, <clears throat> now that um, we are talking with each other. Um, <clears throat> what you say about... Um, looking inside yourself and um really looking what you really like and who you really are well i was at your training in mexico so really some months ago already and you invited me and i was deep in the burnout at that moment and i thought i don't know if it's good timing but i'm going and i can tell it was a samurai game that you are still giving every now and then um And I remember that I was there and I thought, I am so tired. I don't know exactly what is going to happen. And so we we started the training and and at a certain point of the training, I just realized I was observing myself for the first time in years, really observing myself, like thinking, okay, I'm alone here with a bunch of people following a training. Why I am doing this, what I'm learning from it. And you know, it, it, it's like a snowball that started at that moment. I was so tired. I was so tired the next day. And, um, and it, it, it just went on and on and on. And it was really very, um, for, me, for me, it was actually one of the most important moments in the last few years when I finally, yeah, it was because of your training, because finally I could see myself again and when you are deep in the burnout, you cannot see yourself anymore. You don't know who you are. You cannot feel yourself. You don't know if you like ice cream or chocolate. Or, or you, you have this kind of, it's not emptiness. It's just like you are not understanding yourself. Agreed. Well,
1: I, um, I, I agree with you. It's, um, it's, it's also the same when you're in the middle of depression, for example or when you have big losses, there's a, suddenly, there's a lack of configuration. You don't know who you are anymore because you're confused and people ask you and people tell you Wait, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you reacting like this? Why are you not doing this? And in, in, in the deep part of your heart and in your mind, you just don't really know and my suggestion here or my advice for people is to be really compassionate and of course, look for help. Look for professional help. Always, always.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's also very good advice. And then tell me Saskia what well, about um, your plans for the future, your professional plans for the future. I know I was very fortunate to get one of your first books um, that uh, will be translated, I know. One of these days. Yeah, you have it there. It's called <laughs> uncertainty. The
1: uncertainty Generates or Delivers Abundancy.
0: Abundancy. In Spanish, La incertidumbre genera abundancia. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: tell, tell us about your book and tell us about your plans within um, a yeah, few months from now.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I just published this book in November, but this is really the result of 20 years being on the on the stage in front of uh, customers and directors in latin america and talking to people and understanding what is it that uh, in uh, from the point of view from human development what is it that they really need so in this book i have uh, i have uh, gestalt therapy tools i have uh, uh, nlp uh, tools i have uh, tools that i have invented myself it's also full of cartoons because uh, you know, as I worked for many, many years in the animation world, I also learned how to draw cartoons. And it's it's a very light book. People who have read it tell me that it's a very practical and light book. It's only in Spanish for the moment, but you can find it on Kindle. People can download the book on Kindle. Um, and it's a book uh, also related ab- about how to deal with the Difficult circumstances: how to deal with fear, how to deal with stress, with violence, with treason, with frustration, with uh, with shame. Uh, how to do innovation? How to do sales from the human development point of view? And all the tools that I put in the book, they are all have been proven with uh, you know first-class companies. And uh, and I, I I feel very proud that uh, that I was able to publish this book because I know that this book is helping a lot of people. Um, and also, as you mentioned, there are also more than 50 hours of free content on our uh, Facebook and Saske the winter training in Spanish. Sorry, it's all in Spanish, but maybe you can, uh, maybe this is a good time to start learning Spanish or you want to practice your Spanish. It's all about tools, about emotions, stress, productivity, uh, how to delegate everything related to companies. And what are the next few plans for the company? Um, of course is to uh, adapt and collaborate one of the two key words that i am implementing in my own company is to adapt and collaborate adapt to uh, digitalization to the to uh, you know anything related to scaling up the company anything related to uh, becoming an organization an exponential organization exo meaning to grow uh, using all sorts of uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, anything related to that, and we're looking into the different types of uh, uh, tools that we can use to help more people. Uh, in the next few months, we're going to launch. We're we're everything. We used to do that everything in in hotels and in venues and facilities, but now we're uh, when the lockdown is open, we're gonna go back to that, but now we also have the digital platform uh, all in Spanish, and we're gonna launch what we're calling like the second level, and it's called uh, Turn On Your Switch. That's the way uh, nobody, this is the first time I mention it. Uh, nobody knows, only my company knows the name of the product, but it's called Turn On Your Switch. And this is all about new tools uh, that can help people, uh, you know, move forward from the lockdown and create a new reality, uh, all based in gestalt therapy and new tools that we have been developing. So what are basically the new uh, plans? Just uh, basically to move forward and, and actually we have an MTP in the company. What is an MTP? It's a massive transformative purpose uh, we have a huge purpose, and our purpose is to impact the life of one million people through uh, connection, through action, and through inspiration. That's the way we think. We want to inspire people. We want to connect with more people. We want to set ourselves with action, and we want to support a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies. And, and hopefully, hopefully, one of the plans is to start, is to start working with people in Holland. Uh, I've already started to work uh, with people in Spain And I love to work with people in Holland to support them from the emotional part, from the leadership part, from the human development, human development part. Those are the plans. So,
0: well, that's uh, really awesome. I would really like very much to be you, uh, to have you here in Holland. And uh, if you're giving a training here, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. For sure I'm going. Um, Yeah, perfect. And um, well, I think, um, You have given us very, very, very important tools and strong tools, uh, your vision about um, burnout. And what I'm going to do is when I publish this uh, podcast, I'm going to put the link of your company and some uh, uh, kind of uh, resume of uh, the most important points we we talked about so people can uh, read them back and find them. so I would really like to thank you because of your um, advice and knowledge and experience for sharing it with us. This is might not be the, the is the first time; it's not the last time. I I'm very sure we are going to meet again.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, and it would be very nice if we could do it live. You know, but you never know. And uh, we well, want to thank you, Saskia, and uh, we'll see you very very shortly. Uh, in Holland I hope so
1: yeah thank you very much Gabby this has been a wonderful opportunity to hopefully also start impacting the people uh, the, the English-speaking world, uh, English speaking world English uh, yeah all, although you know in Holland and in Germany and all those countries that need uh, information and uh, one of the things that I'd like to uh, also share uh, with the people one last idea is uh, for people to really really uh, you know Take good care of yourself really go back and listen to yourself if you need to spend some time under the sun you know get some vitamin d if you need to exercise make your time to exercise if you need to listen to music if you need to paint if you need to to uh, to change your your eating habits you know more more vegetables more fruit uh, okay, you can still eat cheese, of course. You know Dutch cheese. I'm not going to say no to Dutch cheese because it's amazing Dutch cheese. But but you know, try to be conscious about all your habits and make sure that uh, that you stay healthy. And again, Gabby this is this has been a wonderful opportunity. I'm very excited, and I have to thank you very much. And I send you big hugs and kisses from Mexico. You no, know? and uh, and I'm very very grateful for all this opportunity.
0: Thank you. Thank you very Saskia. Bye-bye.